Hi, Ron here, and welcome. We love that you've come to join us here and listen to a lot of our episodes. Please help us continue with this by supporting us through either joining the Barack Center at thebarackcenter.com or joining us at the Fringe Church at thefringechurch.com and sharing and donating through those sources. And once again, thank you for joining us today. My name is Charlie, and I want to tell you um, a bit about my life story. Life as a sex offender. I was arrested and put behind bars on sexual offenses against children. And since that time inside behind bars, you know, I recommitted my life to God and started the change. But it's not an easy road because there's so many so many um fights to fight. And one of those fights is just coping with jail life in general. Um, people get really judgmental even on the inside. Um, that they like to beat you up all the time and threaten you and all this. Um, thankfully, I avoided most of that. I've only got beaten up a couple of times while I was behind bars for the first month. Um, ever since then, God has protected me. Um, I often read Psalms 91 and kept praying for God's protection. But yeah, then the other battle is um, the process of change. I had to do rehab programs on the inside. And um, they're fairly confronting. But as you go through this journey of change, you really discover things about yourself and about other blokes on the course. Um, a lot of some blokes they don't own their offending, which is quite sad, and they struggle the most with the program. But the program was still tough, but I owned what I'd done. I didn't blame anyone else. Well, even my past. My past is pretty horrific, too. Um, I was sexually abused as a child as well. Um, and I was also um, made to do sexual acts with the siblings. So that's where my corrupted thinking had come from, but I don't use that as an excuse because at the end of the day, I could have um, made better decisions. So that was pretty tough, tough to deal with. Um, but again, it's easy if you own it. So I was able to keep moving forward through the process of change and start, um, you know, making new future plans and stuff like that. I completed the program and um, eventually I was released on parole. Um, 
getting out of jail is not all that easy because you're confronted with the community. Now, some community members um, care about you, and that's just the part where my life changed again forever. When I got out of jail, because of all the judgment from the judgmental community, I thought, you know, I was just going to be thrown on the scrap heap again. And I, um, you know, I still wanted to follow God and I tried to find a church to go to, but um, unfortunately, some churches just don't want anything to do with this. Um, some churches want me to come, but because of insurance policies, it prevents them from allowing me to come to that church. And I discovered the Fringe Church. It's an 18 plus church. And that's when my life on the outside really started to take off. I had friends who care about me. And and they know what I've done. But they still yeah, they still want to be my friend. They still want to encourage me and help me to keep moving forward. And yeah, that has been a real blessing. And and because their French church is an 18 plus church, I don't need to get permission from parole or anyone to go. I just turn up. That's all I need to do is turn up. So that makes it a lot easier. But then I'm confronted with the change that I couldn't do on the inside. On the inside, they don't allow you to deal with childhood traumas. So, um, Still working on that. I'm still um, going to see I've been a psychologist now for over twelve months to deal with those traumas. And that, that's a pretty tough road because you start to even learn more about yourself. And I'm starting to come to the tail end of that and I just need to I've still got a few things to work on, but one of those things is changing my mindset from a negative mindset to a bit more realistic, positive mindset. That in itself, because it's hard, because um, as a child, you, you feel so worthless through the sexual abuse. Then, while well, you're in prison, you you feel worthless because of what you've done. So I've had to really work on my self-worth. Also, I had to um, work on my self-esteem, building my confidence. And I'm looking forward to also building my courage up as well to face the challenges of day-to-day life as a sex offender. It's not easy. Um, you got parole conditions to abide by. And um, yeah, it gets a bit tough. You've got to juggle all these things. You've got to make sure you abide by all the rules that are set before you so you don't um, make a mistake and end up doing the wrong thing and come back in. That's the last thing I want to do. Yeah, but I don't know. Um, I'd just like to put it out there to the general community that. Okay, while some sex offenders do reoffend, not all of them do. 
is one like myself. He want to change. He want to make a better life for themselves. And the worst thing you do is to shut me out and make me feel isolated. It's better to support inmates who come out, regardless of their offences, so they can become better men and women. Judgment, judging inmates of any crime is the worst thing you can do. So the uh, church you're going to at the moment, um, is, is that purely for sex offenders? Is it all sex offenders or...? No. The Fringe Church has been great because I get to mix with a wide variety of different people who have had well, tough life experiences of any kind. Um, you know, there's people with mental health issues, there's people with um, who've just been rejected by a mainstream church. Um, the interesting thing for me is that I get to mix with Drug offenders, they are on the inside. Sex offenders and drug offenders are always fighting. Always fighting. There's always fights between them. But now it's like the the offenses don't matter. We're just we mates. Um, we're all working towards bettering ourselves and trying to build build a better life, and it's. Yeah, the um, the friendship and love I get from the French Church really helps and builds me up, and it gives me more understanding of um, what other people are going through as well. Do you think it's important to have other people around you who have had different life experiences than yourself in your recovery who accept you? Yes, I think it's very important to have a variety of people in your life it just helps you understand life in general and um you know, sometimes sometimes you can help them and encourage them. Um and sometimes they um turn around and help you. Um it, it's just that community within the fringe church it is so so loving. Numerous tough times because we don't always see eye to eye. I mean, every family has a struggle here and there. But at the end of the day, they're always there for you. I truly believe if it wasn't for the fringe church, I'd probably be still sitting in a boarding house, locking myself away, too afraid to come out and do anything with my life. All right, harsh question, but. Um... Do you still see yourself as a sex offender? At times I do see myself as a sex offender because um, you've got to turn up to your parole appointments. I mean, I'm not bagging parole or anything like that. They're doing their job. But every time you go to the parole office, you see yourself as a... Um, it's so hard not to... I um, recover from that and I've talked to the people who see me as a man, see me as a man who wants to change and do something with his life. 
and sometimes I don't even see it, but other people have seen a change in me. Um, yeah. I, I there, are time, there are times where you're confronted with the call system and that, and you feel like that, but you're not crap. Um, but once you finish your prom appointment and start mixing with people, terrible, that all that just disappears. And is the time of that uh, period where you're sort of um, reevaluating yourself and coming back to your, your your true image of yourself? Is that getting shorter and shorter each time, or is it still a challenge? Um, it's still a challenge for me. Um, it is getting better, but this. There's so much um, things that have devalued me in life. Um, not just my traumatic past, but my actual offending me. Um, I find it hard to live with myself knowing that, yeah, I was sexually abused and I went and sexually abused children as well. And it's, it's like I beat myself up and I was like, I should have known better and all this, but it is what it is that I've got to um, keep working to be a better person. And then, um, yeah, but when you when you reach some small goals, like even when the judge recognised that I was remorseful, that encourages you. Um, the program officers they see things in you and they find good things and they tell you about it. And, that builds you up as well. The self value starts going up. And when you're out in the community and you find a place of acceptance, like at the Fringe Church, the value of yourself goes up. And it makes you want to try and keep keep going with it. Yeah, I think isolation's a, a big one for everyone, and you see it consistently with guys coming out of uh, prison. Um, that isolation is the thing which really gets them to reoffend, no matter what their past is, um, because they're looking for that connection, they're looking for that family or friendship, and the only way they can find it is going back into their old life because society doesn't accept them. Yes, and that is so true, and that's the message I want to put out to community, regardless of what their offences are, how bad it is. If they've been released from the parole, the community needs to support them and talk to them and see what they can do to help people move forward and keep moving on from their past. And I think that's where the French Church can really come into play here because, um, you know, it's an 18 plus church, it's people from all sorts, sorts of life and they've all had different troubles and that but um, generally they want to be better people and so if you're with that community who wants to um, accept you for who you are and instead of not what you've done it makes a huge difference to a person's life that's been behind bars um, all right, this this is probably a bit of a loaded question, but does the prison system work considering um, inclusion and non-exclusion um, by locking people up? Does it is it helping the problem or is it making it worse, do you think? Um, some areas it helps. Like, for example, like we committed a crime. We deserve to be punished. 
um, and with the rehab programs, there is faults with the rehab programs that need to be um, reviewed. Personally, there's something that needs to happen. But if you have the right attitude towards the program, yeah, I know the program was good and it's not perfect. But I approached it with an open mind, open attitude, and try to learn everything I can. And it's, and it's a really good starting platform. So when you are released, you can go to your psychologist and say, hey, this is what I learned from the program about myself. This is what they say I need to deal with. And this is what I need to change. And then the psychologist can have one-on-one sessions with you. That's the downside to some of the rehab programs. Some blokes are so frightened to open up about their offending. Because it's in the group situation. You don't get one-on-one with psychologists on the inside. The reoccurring message I keep hearing from you is um, echoes of uh, Plato's apology. The unexamined life isn't worth living. Um, the the flip side of that, to diving into these things and looking at why you offended, um, yes, you know, you, you take full responsibility for that, which is great, but there is influence which puts that mindset in place. But diving into those places um, and finding them and addressing it and really getting to the root cause of the problems um, is a very painful exercise. Does that pain get easier over time to um, dive into them or is it still always a shock to the system? Yeah, every time I discover something new about myself, uh, it affected me in a negative way. It's painful. Um, when I was dealing with my childhood traumas, a painful memory came up of my um, abuser to make me do sexual acts with my sister. That was horrifying for me to remember that. And it was painful. And I was actually feeling quite um, yeah, suicidal. And I was so grateful that I had the French church to support me through that. I could imagine that's one of the, the hardest steps is um, dealing with yourself, you know, the, the, what you've actually done and confronting that and finding that forgiveness. Your self-forgiveness is probably one of the hardest processes you can do because for me, every guy's got a different story, but for me, I should have known better because I was abused myself. I should have known how much it hurt and how much damage it does. And, you know, I could have made so many better choices. And, and this is where Jesus Christ comes into it. I was writing to one of my Bible study mentors and I spoke to them about self-forgiveness. And they told me that Christ died all those sins that you've done and he's forgiven you so if you can't forgive yourself it's sort of a form of self-righteousness they put it bluntly and said isn't the work of Christ on the cross good enough for you well yes of course Jesus what he went through it is good enough for me and they said you want then you need to forgive yourself because Christ 
work on the cross is perfect. And that's when I started to really forgive myself for my done. Even though I'll never forget, but I'll keep moving forward. That brings us to a um, a, a really good point, actually. Um, when you come across words like uh, justification in the Bible, where, where you've been justified, you know, you've been made right in God's eyes through his actions. For someone in your shoes, um, how is that? How do you look at things like that? I've got to continually look at myself through the eyes of God, through the through his word, which is the Bible. If I look at myself, how the, the hateful people see me, the judgmental people see me, I'll get in way. I'll just go down in the dump and be depressed and yeah, possibly re-offend or commit suicide. So my relationship with God and my Bible studies is so important to me because that's the very core thing that keeps me going, that keeps me moving forward because you learn how much God loves you and he forgives you and just opening up opportunities for me so I can keep moving forward. And when you get a hold of a true relationship with God and how he sees you, yeah. Well, one of the other things which comes to mind is um, characters like Job in the Bible, where they're confronted with the um, offensive nature of grace when it's uh, looked through some people's eyes. You know, when when someone who has hurt you um, or demeaned you or, or done wrong by you is shown grace, uh, it could really hurt. Um, it can feel unfair. Do, do you struggle with that, or do you have that um, concept at all? Yeah, I know um, grace can be upsetting for some people, because how can a murderer or a pedophile or rapist be forgiven? But that's just how God is. He's a loving God. He's, he sent his son to die for us. And when you look at the ministry of Jesus, he didn't include anyone. He didn't even include the Pharisees that he argued with all the time. They all had the same opportunity to come to him for repentance, for healing, or for whatever they needed. If we're truly honest with ourselves, we'll see our sins have God sees them. They're all equal. They're all horrible. They all break. The Ten Commandments, but and that's why we got such a loving God that He sent His Son to die for us for each and every one of us, no matter what the sin is. But yeah, and yeah, I can see how some people get upset with that because they don't see sin as equal. They don't see it that way. Even the law of the land doesn't see it that way. That's why murderers get more time than a drug offender or something like that. God sees it differently. Yeah. So that's that's one of the, the um, punchlines of Job, I guess, when you read that, is that what he's so upset about, that, that grace, that forgiveness which is shown to his enemy is also the same grace and forgiveness which is shown to him. You know, how often do people forget that? But when they you know get so angry or riled at forgiveness or love coming to someone who they presume is their enemy, 
it's exactly the same love which is shown to them. And to get rid of one would be to get rid of the other. If you understand God's grace, it's for everybody, and it empowers people to change. If I wasn't given grace by God, there's no way in the world I would have changed. And if people can see it from that point of view where grace changes people, yeah, well, we might have a better community. That love and that grace which is shown, um, that doesn't mean that life's great and you can, you know, everything's in the past and, and you've stopped suffering. Um, there is repercussions for your actions which will follow you through life, isn't there? Um, it's that love and that grace doesn't cancel that out. I still live with the memory of um, being abused myself and I still live with the memory of not being able to see my children and I may never see them again. Um, I try not to think about that too much, but it's still there. I'm still reminded of it every, every day. Yeah, I know um, one of the things that fringes, you know, that, that piece in the Bible which says the wages of sin is death, um, it, it is, but in the in fringe we take it a little bit differently, I guess, than a lot of mainstream churches that... Um, the wages of sin is death, but it's the death of the relationship or the death of, um, it's the consequences of your actions which cause that death, not God. Um, is that something you'd agree with, you'd find? Yeah, yeah, like, um, God is not done with me yet. I'm still alive, I'm still breathing. Um, the old relationships, you know, yeah, that might have died and fizzled out. And I have to live with that memory, those consequences of my sin. I've lost a lot. I've lost my family, I've lost friends, I've lost material possessions and money and stuff. And then I'm still, my heart's still beating. My spirit's still wanting to live. My spirit still wants to change and make a better person out of me. And I know that God hasn't given up on me. It, it must be incredibly difficult for uh, people who come out who don't have faith or who don't find a, a community who accept them for who they are um, and continue in that isolation. It would just magnify all those things, I could imagine. Yes, I can't imagine living life on the outside again without God, without the Fringe Church family. As inmates who uh, reject God, um, blame some of them blame God. They struggle, and unfortunately, the majority of them do reoffend and go back in because they don't have the support that they need. They don't have God in their lives. There's um, blokes being released in the community that have no support at all, um. and that that concerns me. Look, you've been incredibly brave today um, sharing your story. Um, my hat's off to you, really. You, you've you know laid yourself bare, and that's that's incredible for someone to do. Um, thank you very much for that. But but one other thing um, before we go, do you think you could? Uh, um, what would you say to someone who ha is in your shoes but doesn't have that faith, doesn't have uh, God in their life, and doesn't have a community on the outside? How would you reach out to them? What would you say? 
Yeah, I like to come alongside that person who doesn't know God and who is struggling. And just talk to them to see where they're at, see how they're going. And um, you can't, you can't um, make them believe God. You can't make them accept you know, help and God and stuff. But you can still walk along beside them and just encourage them so, to um, live a crime-free life. But um, yeah, it's tough. We really tough without God. Some of these blokes who reject God and blame God. You don't know their story. They could have been hurt by another Christian or anyone. Yeah, the worst thing you can say to a lot of people is, um, you know, you're going to hell because of this or, or sitting in judgment. Um, you know, we're told that we're to be witnesses and it's in, it's very hard to be a witness to God's grace and beauty if you're sitting in the judge's seat. And that's right. And I myself been hurt by a church. Very badly. And at the end of the day, I truly believe that wasn't God who, who made that church do those things for me. They weren't following his word. And I don't blame God for it. Um, man's free will is a bitch. You know, sometimes it goes good and sometimes it's just kill people because it's feel evil. Thank you for listening to another episode. And please, don't forget to sign up to thebarackcenter.com or thefringechurch.com and help support us so we can reach many more. Thank you again for joining us today.